to be in that position to represent your country and to potentially represent your country not only in the World Cup but the Olympics. I think the thing that people forget and sometimes you know overlook is a lot of times you lock in so much for those eight to nine months, you miss out on everything. Obviously got a championship pedigree, he's older, so you got an older spokesman. Um, in the locker room who understands the game, is gonna do things the right way, he's gonna help empower our younger guys. More specifically, Zach Collins, who's a young guy who is still learning the game, but I think Powell would be great for him to kind of help mold him. It's official, I ordered my jersey yesterday. You did? I ordered all jerseys. I already had juices. I got Bakers on the way. I got Odell's on the way. Chubb? Chubb's will be on the way. Welcome to the LC Greenwood episode of Pull Up. That's right, episode number 68. Back in New York City after a great week. Spent some time in Bethlehem over the previous weekend. It was about 99 to 102 degrees. It was a pool party, great festivities, kicking it with the fam, kicking it with my new fam uh, as I am marrying into the Esposito family. It was a great time. And now, in New York City, the runs have started. I'm sitting across from Mr. Schultz himself. Jordan is prepping for a glorious vacation where he will be on big big boats doing big big things and in the meantime lots of things are happening in the nba world players are dropping out left and right from usab for various reasons um, steve kerr is blasting anthony davis for forcing his way into the lakers and meanwhile perk has been expressing himself on twitter about how no one was complaining when kd was going to a 73 and 9 team uh, in the Bay, he was talking about how Steve Kerr uh, is, is essentially, you know, pointing the finger when in reality he should be empowering players to make decisions that basically help themselves and the organizations they're with. Anthony Davis forcing a trade out of L.A. basically put them in a position, not out of L.A., him forcing a trade out of New Orleans, put them in a position to where instead of them losing him for nothing, they were able to gain valuable assets for the draft, kind of prepare for the next season. And I think David Griffin did a great job of kind of maneuvering that um, but before we get into that, Kevin Love, the latest player to drop out of USAB, Jordan, should they allow younger players to play in USAB? I know there's a select team available. People were complaining about how we don't love our country because we're dropping out, but in reality, I think they don't really understand the grand scheme of things and what goes into summer basketball coming off a long season. So I, I think the, I don't know if there's a real solution, a one-size-fits-all solution, for this, but I do think younger players should be allowed and encouraged to play. The issue with USAB for CJ McCollum, for Bradley Beal, for Kevin Love, it, it's that it's not that you don't love your country or that you don't want to play. It's that you've already, you, for, for you specifically, you, you did not have a long recovery given that you played in the Western Conference Finals. You had a three week trip to China. You have to take care of your body because your number one priority is the Portland Trailblazers. It's not USA basketball as much as you'd love to represent your country. But, you, you know, you you have to go to Vegas. You have to go to Australia. There's a tremendous amount of travel. And for veterans like K-Love, like Beal, it's just you have to balance what is best for you, what is best for your family and your team. And ultimately, um, it really doesn't have anything to do with love of country. It's about love of your body and your career. Yeah, I think you hit it right on the head. Looking at the schedule, obviously, you're playing with the best. You're being trained by the best. You're around a great environment, and it's an honor and privilege 
to be in that position to represent your country and to potentially represent your country not only in the World Cup but the Olympics. I think the thing that people forget and sometimes you know overlook is what Kawhi said in his exit, well, his welcome interview um, with the Clippers. A lot of times you lock in so much for those eight to nine months, you miss out on everything. Your diet changes, rightfully so. Your schedule tightens up, your recovery. Everything revolves around basketball, and you're not as present in your day-to-day life. You're not as present in your relationships. You're not as present with your family. You're not able to go to birthday parties. You're not able to really lock in and celebrate holidays. And that's a sacrifice we take on you know, with, with, with no regrets. And as the summertime comes, your diet changes, your rest changes versus your recovery. And like Kawhi said, you feel like you're missing out on so much. Yeah. You know, every summer you see your cousins, you see your nephews, you see your family, and everybody's just kind of growing right before your eyes. Your grandma's getting older, your mom's getting older, your dad's getting older, your little cousins are talking now that weren't talking before. And he, he said it perfectly. You feel like you're missing out on so much, and it's like you're in the Matrix. It really is like you're in the Matrix during the season because you're so focused on that one goal, which is to better yourself, prepare yourself for the next night, and you're constantly feel, feeling and thinking about the next game and how to better prepare for it. So when summertime comes, you you switch gears a little bit. You still have business obligations, like you said before, I did three weeks in China. You still have responsibilities to train and get your body ready for the next level but that window is smaller when you do things like USAB because now you got 26 27 games uh 16 oh 26 27 practices 16 17 games and you you add in a trip to Australia trip to California trip to Vegas trip to China trip back and then you have eight to ten days before you start training camp and for guys like me who are close to leading the league in miles who you know went down with the popliteus strain you know 50, 60 games into the year where I end up missing 10 straight games, you start to think about how to better prepare for the next season, how to better prepare your body so that when April, May, June come, you're as fresh as possible. And I think the biggest thing for me was how can I take advantage of this time to where it doesn't interrupt my training? I'm still able to celebrate my grandma's birthday on August 10th. I'm able to celebrate Elise's grandma's birthday on August 14th. Things that I normally miss during the season, I'm now able to, to go to. I'm able to be around family more often than I have been during the season. And I think that's just a sacrifice you're, you're willing to make for the most part. But for me, it was an easy decision. You know, speaking to my GM, speaking to my agent on how I could better prepare my body for the next season, we felt like it was the right decision for me. And I felt like, most importantly, that it was the right decision for me to not do it. And I actually, you know, had my agent reach out over a month ago. So it's not like I told him last minute. I let him know early in advance that, hey, um, this isn't the year for me to do this. I need to focus on our season. We got a lot of new pieces, seven, eight new pieces coming in, and I want to be as ready as possible, um, not only in October, but during May and June. Just to give you an idea of um, who has dropped out officially, it's Kevin Love, Anthony Davis, James Harden, Damian Lillard, DeMar DeRozan, Bradley Beal, Eric Gordon, Tobias Harris, and CJ. You obviously touched on Asia as well. It's, it's a tremendous amount of travel, as we said. It's a big time commitment, and it, it doesn't, when you think about how much basketball you're playing during the regular season, preseason, playoffs, there's such a short window for you to recoup your body and get ready for the regular season that USA Basketball, as great as it is, it doesn't really afford you the opportunity to get better. If anything, maybe it allows you to to stay put, but it's really hard to get better when you're talking about this much travel and practice and just – is great as great as it is. It's it's a it's a big sacrifice, and uh, I understand where you're coming from. I wonder has have any guys reached out to you, or did any did anybody reach out to you after 
your announcement saying that basically, hey, I'm, I'm thinking about this, or was that not something that happened? Um, I spoke to a number of players. Obviously, Dave and I were in communication and in constant um, back and forth texts, FaceTimes throughout the summer and, and kind of talking about USAB and who we thought would be on the roster. This started back when I was even in China in June on who was going to potentially stay on the roster and who was going to pull out. And we kind of knew in advance the guys who were going to pull out and we just kind of think about our season. And obviously, this is before a lot of the trades that we end up making happen. And we were thinking about the roster, you know, what changes could be made, what changes might stay the same, and how we need to be able to, you know, get more accustomed to new teammates, gain that chemistry. Those are things that happen in the summertime and, and early on in the season. And if you can't practice and you can't really go through a full training camp, how do you really get accustomed to new teammates when you just jump right in the game? So there's a lot of stuff that we had to think about. I talked to Kate Love and I told him in advance that I was going to be pulling out. And then once I did, I reached out to him just to let him know. And um, he obviously was on the fence and ended up making a decision he felt was best for his body and for him as he goes into another season uh, with the Cavs. We, we were in the gym with um, Donovan Mitchell, and you, you, you said, well, you're 23 and you're 27, right, See, So mm -hmm. if this was four years ago, do you think it would have been different given the same circumstances? Yeah, I think four years ago I was in a different phase of my career. I was in a different position. Um, being 27, that much closer to 30, you, you have to start to think long term. I'm, I'm still a young player, you know, entering the prime of my career, but I'm thinking about when I'm 31. I'm thinking about when I'm 32. That's exactly right. right. And how the body changes, how those miles, you know, this, this is a 90-day, 60, 90, 120-day window to where you have specific strategies on how to recover, how to train, how to work on improve things, and how to vacation and see family, and finishing and starting new business opportunities. And when you when you throw in random travel or planned travel uh, during that process, I think it can interrupt your flow um, from a recovery standpoint. And I think that's one of the things we talked about with our strength and conditioning staff is uh, I would have had to change how I normally prepare for a season, you know, heading into USAB. you got to be in game shape now as opposed to being exactly. in game shape in October. Which changes your it, – it changes the way you train now because you're – you're now going to stress your body more to get ready physically exactly. from a conditioning standpoint, which then disallows the opportunity to work on skill development. Right. It's hard to work on certain things that you strategically want to work on in an in a, in a empty gym uh, when, you're, when you're playing games, when you're traveling, when you're trying to get in game shape a little bit earlier. That, that, that kind of alters your recovery window. And we're, we're big on you know, breaking down my training in, in weeks, you know, Certain weeks I do heavier loads, certain weeks I'm doing two-a-days, certain weeks it's time to vacation, take a break, decompress, and then jump back into it. When you speed up the, the curb, like literally my kids' camp is this week. So I would go from right. kids' camp in Oregon where I do two-a-days, right. I work out at 6 a.m., I go to camp from 9 to 3. In Vegas. Fly to Vegas, training camp for five days, play, fly to L.A., play. Like that's just – that's just not normal for me in the summertime uh, from, from my training standpoint. I just felt like it wasn't the right thing for me to do. And you hit, you hit the nail right on the head. Um, we love our country. We love playing in the NBA, but uh, you never lose sight of your day job. Um, my day job is with the Portland Trailblazers. Those are the ones who cut my check. Those are mm -hmm. the ones who allow me to provide for my family. And I have to do what's best to be ready to play for them. When, when it's time. And I think this allows me to do that. And maybe in the future we'll revisit, you know, what it's like to play for, for the country. But right now it just wasn't in the cards for me. You're still a young man. Um, you have, you'll have time and other opportunities, I'm sure, to play for USA Basketball. But as you said, you're really entering the prime of your career. And this is the time to, and I mean this in the most respectful way possible, this is the time to be 
to be selfish about your own body and what your what your needs are. Is that right? Yeah, you have to make, you know, tough decisions and they're not always, you know, right for everybody else. Like what what's right for me is not right for Donovan Mitchell. What's right for Dane may not be right for me. Every person is different than a different phase of their life. Right. They value certain things that others may not value. And for me, um, now I'm able to have a kids camp in Canton. So I can do some of the things that I wanted to do that I wouldn't have been able to do playing USAB. And I'm really excited that I can go to my grandma's birthday party. You know what I mean? Those little things. That during um, the season you simply you can't. can't. I miss do. my mom's my mom's birthday is December fifteenth. I miss it. I'm, I'm luckily I'm able to be with my fiance because it's a July birthday. My dad's birthday is in June and we've been able to celebrate that. My brother's birthday is in January. He's in Russia or Thanks, Europe. Yeah, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's. Those are all the times to where I mean it's the life I chose. Like I'm not I'm not saying that I don't enjoy it. I enjoy sacrifice because that's what it takes to be successful. When you when you're celebrating those holidays in the back of your mind, you're thinking about like, can I really eat this mac and cheese? I gotta play tomorrow. Like those little things to where summertime comes and you don't really have to think about it because you know your window. You know your rest window, you know your training window, you know your recovery window, and then you know when it's time to refocus for training camp. So I'm I'm happy with the decision I made and um, really looking forward to this upcoming season. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of movement going around the NBA. There's a lot of people who are fans of basketball. Even I was just this guy before I came here and uh, watching the runs. Brick, Brickley's run started at the at the Sky Building in, in Midtown, and you know Trey Young, Jaron Jackson, uh, T.J. Warren, Dennis Smith Jr., Jr. Mello. I feel like I'm forgetting some people. J. Cole was in the building. Shout out to my guy Cole. Cole World. He's working with with Brick, by the way. You know, tighten it up his jumper, man. Yeah. He looks good. But I think being able to see that environment, how people are hungry for basketball, like 365 um, all year, we're the main focus of the world's attention. Trades are happening. Free agency signings. Guys are shining, signing new shoe deals. Steve Kerr, you know, complaining about, you know, the league's dis... Uh, good segue. Great yes. segue. Yeah. Steve Kerr complaining right now. So let's think about yes. this for a okay. second. Steve Kerr says that Anthony Davis forcing his way to the Lakers with a trade demand was bad for the league. Your thoughts? My first thought is what you said, and you get the credit for this because I didn't even think about this until you really brought it up before we recorded, but think about three years ago with Kevin Durant and the Warriors. So it's not the exact same situation, but for Steve Kerr to blast, for Steve Kerr to blast Anthony Davis is – Somewhat hypocritical, he says, where a guy is perfectly healthy and has a couple years left on his deal and says, I want to leave. That's a real problem that the league has to address and that the players have to be careful with. So I guess I would say I now it's not in his best interest as the head coach of the Warriors for Anthony Davis to be on the Lakers with LeBron, but it was three years ago for him to be able to coach Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Draymond Green, and Klay Thompson. Yeah, I mean, I just don't agree with him. I think everybody has the right to their own opinion. But if you're not happy with your job, your situation, or your environment in the, in the working world, you tell your boss that you are not happy and that you no longer want to be there, and it's okay. So why in, in a basketball world, in a sports world, do people complain when a player is unhappy with his work environment, unhappy with the surroundings, um, whether that's the teammates, whether that's the city, whatever the case may be, and he lets the team know in advance, and they – in a nice way, basically saying that he would like to go to another team. And then when nothing happens, is whoever makes it public. And although it is groundbreaking, as Perk said, no one makes a big deal of it when right. Odell Beckham Jr. is traded. 
you know, from the Giants randomly without being told. Owen Chris Paul is assured that he's not going to be moved from the Houston Rockets, and then he's traded. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. it's a role reversal, and that's when people say, oh, it's a business. And you see the business side of it when the organization who's bringing in a billion dollars does it, but you don't see the business side of it when a player who's a million-dollar corporation himself, multi-million, and for some hundreds of millions of dollars, they make a decision that's best for themselves and their brand. It's frowned upon. I just, I just never really understood it. I think that you have a choice as a player, and people talked about Kawhi taking power into his own hands. He didn't take power into his own hands. He was a free agent. Free agent means you can go wherever you want. And when he wasn't happy in San Antonio, he let them know that I wasn't happy here. And I think it's better that they let him know in advance than walking away in free agency and getting nothing. Like, he helped them gain assets. Paul George helped Oklahoma City get assets out of the situation instead of playing it out and him walking away for free. Yeah, Steve Kerr called it a little disturbing. Um, I think it's disturbing that that players – Disturbing. Yeah, but I think it's disturbing that that players basically – people criticize players for the same things that they allow and fully accept of teams. Like you said, if I'm a team and it's in my best interest to move you, I'm going to move you. But if I'm a player and and basically, like you said, in Kawhi's situation, I'm a free agent, I can go wherever I want. If I'm Anthony Davis and I have two years left – I'm telling you now. I didn't. I didn't love how they tried to strong arm New Orleans the, exactly the way they did it between him and Rich Paul. But I understood why. But if I'm telling you ahead of time, I don't want to be here. That's that's going to give you the best opportunity to extract maximum value, which is exactly what the Pelicans did. So again, I just don't really understand how Steve Kerr can sit back and I don't want to call him on his high horse, but essentially he's won. Well, he's won two championships in large part because he got Kevin Durant and. I don't really agree with him saying that, you know, this is disturbing. I think it's very... It's definitely blasphemy. I think he probably just used the wrong words. I don't know what his thought process was for for this. Um, As a player and as a guy who was a former player, he understands that certain work environments aren't great for everyone. And I think you have a right to express yourself. It's not like he stopped showing up or... You mean AD? Yeah, it's not like he stopped showing up. The, The team can't kind of made an agreement that, hey... They he missed 21 last 41 games. 21 last 41 games, but it was an agreed upon. It's not like he just shut himself down. They were literally taking him out of the games because, for one, it was tank for Zion. Yeah. Figure out a way to lose more games so that you can get the number one pick. And for two, if you want to trade a guy, he needs to be able to pass his physical. So they were worried about injury concerns. Obviously, the wrist, AD's battled some injuries throughout his career. They didn't want something to happen to where it could affect his trade value. So there was a lot that went into that situation where he would play the first three quarters and sit out the fourth. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, New Orleans, you know, we, we talk about tanking and the Knicks, the, the Pelicans. There are teams that it is in their best interest to tank. New Orleans did not want to win games, and they got Zion Williamson. They got the number one pick. That's exactly who they wanted. And they were also able to get Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, picks so more show in a minute but first i'd like to tell you about zip recruiter hiring used to be hard multiple job sites stacks of resumes a confusing review process but today hiring can be easy and you only have to go to one place to get it done ZipRecruiter.com slash approach. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards but they don't stop there 
With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash approach. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash A-P-P-R-O-A-C-H. ZipRecruiter.com slash approach. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Okay, back to the show. Portland signs Pau Gasol to a one-year deal. Um, He's 39 years old, two-time NBA champ. You have a relationship with Powell. What was your reaction to this, CJ? I was actually at cryo yesterday, so I didn't have my phone with me. And I went to the cryo chamber. I came out, and I put my Norma Tech boots on, sat in the heated chair, sipped some tea. And my guy, Z, shout out to my guy, Zaire Carrington. Um, great Lehigh like, Hooper. Great Lehigh. The great Don, the and mayor of Lehigh. USA basketball player. USA B3 three on three. three guy. Pharmaceutical salesman. Um, he's like, yo, y'all just traded, or y'all just traded, y'all just signed Pau Gasol. And I'm like, for real? He's like, yeah. He's like, you didn't know? I said, no. He said, you didn't know y'all was going to sign Pau? I said, no, I had no idea. I was just with you. <laughs> I've been with you for, yeah. for the last three hours. So I'm excited about it. He gives us another veteran post-presence, a guy who's obviously got a championship pedigree. He's older, so you got an older spokesman um, in the locker room who understands the game's going to do things the right way. He's going to help empower our younger guys, more specifically Zach Collins, who's a young guy who is still learning the game but is going to make an impact for us right away you know he's talented he's already polished defensively he's continuing to get more polished on the offensive end I think Powell would be great for him to kind of help mold him into uh, a full you know service big man who can play the four who can play the five who can guard the four who can guard the five and stretch the floor so Looking forward to, to seeing how he fits in with us. Obviously, we got Whiteside, who I was just texting um, before we started recording. And um, I FaceTime Big Nert uh, two days ago. He's in Bosnia enjoying himself and still working on his game and coming along smoothly. So Think about those four bigs. Hassan Whiteside, Zach Collins, Pau Gasol, Yusuf Nurkic. So you have three guys essentially in their early to mid-20s, and you have Pau Gasol as the other statesman who is going to be – just a great fit for everything you're trying to do. Uh, can pass as well. I, I, I love the love the move. There's, it's a no downside move. Um, speaking of no downside or maybe a lot of downside, Zion Williamson signs with MJ uh, with Michael Jordan with the Jordan brand. It's a five year deal. That's the rich. That's the richest annual rookie shoe deal in NBA history. Is that more than LeBron? I believe it is more than LeBron. However, there was more money on the table not to sign with Jordan, and clearly this was, you know, Zion grew up in Spartanburg, South Carolina, just down the road from Chapel Hill, and he has looked up to MJ. This is an opportunity for, for him to basically sign with his childhood hero, so I understand it, but I also see the other side of the coin, which is you're not getting the same amount of money you would have gotten elsewhere, and you're not going to get a signature. You're, you're most likely not going to get a signature shoe um in terms of uh, at the same same speed. It's going to be a while. Yeah, I think this was a comfort move 
like you said before, he grew up in South Carolina. He grew up a Jordan fan. He idolized Jordan. Most kids idolized Jordan and wore Jordans, you know, growing up. And to be able to be one of the faces of this brand, an elite brand um, that's well-known, um, seemed like it pushed the needle for him. Obviously, when you're going to get up to $75 million in a contract, that means you're very valuable. That means they value you. The fact that he had more money on the table kind of shows you the type of player people think he will be. And I think what I've talked to you know a lot of people about throughout my life is that happiness is undefeated. You can't put a price on happiness and comfort. And for him, who's 19, who's already basically secured, secured over $100 million if you add up you know the rest of his endorsements, including his um, current contract as the number one pick, um, money's not going to be an issue for him. He's going to be able to probably get another deal after his rookie deal and kind of continue to play himself into an all-star caliber player. So for him, he probably wanted to just be secure. Jordan is a idol of his, and to be able to potentially be one of the new faces, obviously Russell Westbrook's one of the faces right now. He's 31. Carmelo Anthony's one of the faces. He's 33 or 34. CP's 33 or 34. Blake. Um, Blake's. 29 or 30, yeah. you're, you're 19, so if you play 10 years, by the time you're 25, 26, most of these guys probably out of the league, and now you're the guy. You're the guy. You got Jason Tatum and some other guys who were also with Jordan along with Kimba, but he's probably thinking long-term, I'm the face of this uh, brand in the next five to 10 years, and um, who knows what his signature shoe will look like or if he'll get one, but I think he's just probably thinking about the immediate future of uh, I'm with Jordan, and I'm really looking forward to this opportunity, you know, as a young kid from Carolina. Yeah, I think with with the signature shoe, that's the uh, that's the biggest um, – I, I guess I would say this. The signature shoe is the most important part of many shoe contracts because it allows you the opportunity to express yourself and really show, showcase your own brand, as you have with Li Ning. Uh, as we now know, RJ Hampton will have with Li Ning. Um, but with Zion, he's, I think he's basically uh, he's sacrificing some of the short-term gains with the thought process, I'm going to bet on myself long-term and it'll all pay out because I'm going to be with the brand I, I feel most comfortable with. I don't ever think you should make a decision based on money. You said happiness is undefeated. If Zion does not get a signature shoe, though, in the first year or two, um, I wonder would – would it would would that ever be cause for concern because you're sacrificing that by being with a brand like that? I don't think it'll be cause for concern, and I don't think he'll he'll have a signature shoe first year because the the turnaround's too quick. Yeah. For them to put together a signature shoe, um, looking at today's date, he he announced it what yesterday, the twenty fourth of July, two, two days two, ago. Two days ago, right? And you got August, <laughs> September, October. That's Training right. camp starts yeah. in sixty days, basically. So unless they rush a shoe. It's, it's going to be hard to put a shoot to his liking, have his logo, do all those types of things, find the right colorways for him in that short amount of time. He'll definitely have a PE. I'm sure they'll put together some colorways for him, as Nike has done with John Morant. Mm -hmm. But to get a signature shoe, turn it around, find the price point, it takes a lot of time to do something like that. But I'm sure how his first year goes will kind of dictate the timeline for when he gets that shoe. Right. I right, think that'll, that'll probably play a, play a role in when that happens. And for him... He's getting probably on, on the ups of 10, 10 to 15 million a year, so he's probably not tripping on a signature shoe right now. He's going to be rocking all of the uh, OGJs uh, in the immediate That's future. Bad. That's not a – the OGJs are, are pretty pretty sweet. Um, so one last thought on that is I, I do think it's fascinating that the blown-out shoe that he had with Nike, which, which owns Jordan Brand, 
I wonder how that played a role in this because when that happened, as bad as it was, I think it solidified and cemented Zion basically Nike feeling like they had to have Zion or Jordan feeling like they had to have Zion because they don't they didn't want the lasting impression of Zion Williamson wearing a Nike shoe to be that it blew out on national TV in the first <laughs> however many seconds against North Carolina against MJ's school. It's just it's the irony of it. I wonder if that actually helped them in this case. I think that the fact that he was playing in Nikes and not Jordans, it was a Kyrie shoe. And based on the rumors was that Zion likes to play in his shoes for a while. He likes to really break his shoes in. And that probably played a factor in the tread and why it blew out. But his explosiveness also probably played a role, I think it's safe to say. For them, they're probably just happy to get the number one pick. An explosive athlete who's probably the most sought-after prospect since LeBron. You know, the the following and hype he's had since high school, from his hoop mixtapes, from his dunks to the ticket scalping that went on his first season at Duke to, to how often people have talked about Zion, follow Zion, watch Zion, now suing Zion to the countersue to where it's trying to figure out who's going to actually get paid off of this deal. There's a lot that's going on in his life to where he's been in the spotlight. So I think the brand as a whole is just happy to have him right. and happy to put this behind him, and especially since there was a shoe accident with uh, their brand uh, partner in Nike. Mm-hmm. I think this kind of puts them at ease knowing that it didn't affect them. So speaking of being affected, the New York Giants will certainly be affected by not having Odell Beckham Jr. Big GQ magazine article uh, with Odell, basically Odell saying, I am disappointed, um, or I'm, I'm sorry, basically Odell saying, I felt disrespected, like, and this is a quote, like, after everything I've done for them, this is me being honest, this team, the Giants, has not been good for the last six years, period. And listen, I know that the marriage with the Giants ended badly between Odell and and the Mara family. Uh, but I also feel that Odell, he has a real point in saying that I didn't like the way the Giants handled it because for basically the entire time he was there, Odell Beckham Jr. was the only positive thing the Giants had going. It's the reason why they had primetime games despite winning five, six games every year. And it's the reason why they were even relevant nationally. So for him to, to say this, I think is legitimate. Um, and I think it speaks to Again, athletes feeling like there is a us as fans being able to connect with athletes that are feeling like they're personally uh, invested in something to the point where there's emotions to it and they feel like they've been disrespected. I don't know if I articulated that very well. No, I mean, I think you articulated it in a sense of Odell is a young superstar, global icon. People recognize him. Before he cut the hair off, the hair was a signature thing that kids and grown men were copying. Um, The commercials, the one-hand catch, the signature shoe deals to where they're customizing all types of cleats for him, selling shoes in other countries. Mm -hmm. He's a global icon, not just off the field, but his work on the field. The amount of yards, the amount of receptions that he was able to accomplish in such an early point in his career kind of shows you the body of work. He felt like they owed him um, more than more. the respect yes. of letting him know. Not that they tra- It's not the fact that they traded him because that happens all the time. I think it's how they traded him. Probably not letting him know. Probably assuring him that you know we're not going to trade you. Everything's going to be okay. And then moving him. It, it rubs players the wrong way, and people always say, well, it's a business, it's this or it's that. And it is those things. It is a business. Um, you do 
have to understand that you could be traded at any point. I think how teams are handling situations doesn't always make things right. But I think how OKC handled the situation with Russ, obviously once guys started being moved, Russ begins to talk to Sam, the rest of the team, um, in the front office and kind of figure out, all right, what's our next steps? Do I want to stay? Do I want to leave? Are you guys trying to move me? And I think how they handled that situation showed respect to not only Russ, but Russ's respect of the Oklahoma City Thunder. Okay, so Odell, basically he has said that, um, you know, he has had discussions with his mother about retiring because he was so unhappy with the Giants. And that says a lot about how how badly things were between him and, and, the, and the entire organization. Um, I do think that basically it's a reminder of – the importance of transparency, because if if you're not, it's one thing not to be happy with your employer, but if you don't feel like you're respected and that you can be honest and transparent with them, the thing, the, the I don't care how talented you are, it's, it's going to go awry at some point, and that's what happened with with the Giants. Dave Gettleman, who I've been extremely critical of, the general manager of the Giants, he he said CJ publicly that I didn't I didn't sign Odell Beckham, we didn't sign him to trade him. And that's exactly what they do uh, in the second year of a five-year, $90 million deal. It was, it was just handled very poorly. I think the Giants um, have been a very classy organization for a long time, but they have become a rudderless organization in the, la- in the last few years. And, and it doesn't, this is not the only example. But I do think Odell Beckham is going to have a monster year with, with Cleveland. Oh, he's going to have a huge, huge year. Not only does he feel scorned, he feels like he was slighted. He feels like he was disrespected. He feels like he was unappreciated there. Now he's wanted. He's loved. He's in Ohio. He's, he's in, in the, the dog pound. He's in the dog pound. He's a member of the dog pound. It's official. I ordered my jersey yesterday. You did? I ordered all jerseys. I already had oh. juices. I got Bakers on the way. I got Odell's on the way. Chubb? Chubb's will be on the way. I'm excited, man. And I think that he's starting to understand what it's like to be in a football city. Man. Right. Giants are a good organization. You know, people in New York are whatever about their sports. But in Cleveland, when they're 5-11, and 11, the they may not be on Monday Night Football, yeah. but it's sold out. The parking lot is jumping. Rain, sleet, hell, snow. I've been there when they were terrible, and I've been there when they were average. The fan support is the same. And I think that the fact that he's a, a supporting cast. You look at his quarterback now. No offense to Eli. But, no, it's but oh, Baker, Eli is cooked. Baker can really sling the ball, and I'm not just talking about from like a five, ten yard out type of thing. I'm talking about he can air it out. He can he can run. He can throw it up and let you go get it. And now he has another slot receiver in Juice, who's all pro. He's got a running back. He's got an O line, and he has a defense. Whereas you see what happened there in the playoffs. Although he was only targeted seven times, they gave up 40 points. He would have needed a Herculean effort. For them to win, but I think he's matured a lot from his experiences there. The Packer game with the boat—that's that's the biggest thing. He's that matured a lot from that time, and one of the best things about being in Ohio is that it's Ohio. He has to really lock in, and he'll be able to really lock in here. Not as many distractions. I was gonna say, are you saying that that <laughs> Cleveland doesn't have the same level of distractions? As, Not as, as New York many City. distractions okay. as playing in New York City, and I think that'll be good for him. That'll be good for the team. And I will be going to um, three to four games uh, this really? year. Really? Okay. I went to three last year, or two, two or three last year, so I'm right on par with how I normally attend. Prices will be a little bit higher than they were. In the I, I think something tells me that, that you'll be okay with the uh, free ticket allotment. 
I think it's easier for you to get tickets to Browns game than Blazer games. <laughs> yeah, the, the price just changes because you look at football. We got 41 home games, 41 away games. They got 16 games total. Yep. Obviously, there's the bye week, so there's just more of a emphasis on people wanting to attend those games. And then I, I travel with my homies and my family when I'm in the hometown, and I usually just get a suite. And then I'll go to the Jets game here. Um, oh, I when they here to yes, oh, I and I will be attending the Jets game in in New York uh, City in the city week three Monday night. Okay. Is that week three? Probably. I didn't even because it's before. It has to be before the season. I think it's right? the sixteenth or seventh. Wow, that's that is terrific. That is knife. Maybe it's the knife. Well, I I I love to hear that. Um, I actually put up on Instagram. I thought the Browns are the sleeper team out of the AFC to go to the Super Bowl. What do you think about that? I like the confidence you have in our Browns. I think I'm that... taking a big leap. I mean, I think. You know, we won seven games last year. We're definitely better. The rest of the league is better. I think we'll be about ten and six. Uh, Eleven and five would be a wet dream come true. But <laughs> I think based on the scheduling, the travel, the adjustments right. we're going to have to make within the organization, um, Baker being able to go through a full summer, knowing who his offensive coordinator is going to be, knowing who his head coach is going to be, getting reps with the ones, whereas he wasn't able to get reps right. with the ones uh, with our former uh, head coach. Now he's in a more comfortable position. Uh, the pressure is on, but I think he performs better under pressure, hence his debut being on a Monday night, you know, coming in late and coming back and winning that game. And the rest is history. Baker Mayfield, all pro, pro Bowl? What do you think? I think if we play the way we're supposed to play, he definitely makes the Pro Bowl. Um, so how about this? Pro Bowl slash all pro combined. Baker, oh. Miles, Miles Garrett, Chubb, Beckham, that's four. Denzel Ward made it last Denzel year. Denzel Ward five. Think about our other. So we got another. We got another DB that could probably make yeah. it. That's five. So we'll say five or six. Juice made it last year. Juice. I see. I think Landry is going to be incredibly. I, I think it'll really benefit him to have Odell streaking down the field now because Landry one on one coverage with a safety or a linebacker or yeah, a third Landry, DB or a second DB. Landry's best. You know, he's at his best when he's in the middle of the field making plays. You know, if, if he gets – like, I, I, I bet you Landry catches 100 balls this year. Yeah, I mean, he's done that every year of his career. I'm pretty sure he's caught 100 balls in five straight seasons. Really? Is it that many? Yeah, I don't think I he think had that many I think he's year. done five straight seasons. He was a pro bowler last year, man. I'm going to look Check this up. numbers. I don't believe that Jarvis Landry – You don't believe that he – in 16 games, you don't think that he got 100 receptions. You want to put some money on this? 81 catches. How many yards? 976. How many touchdowns? This is the first. Is this this the, is last year. Is this the first season that he's went under 100 uh, receptions? Uh, he's played. This is hard to believe. He's only played five years. Three, uh, two years he's been over 100. So I was five. completely wrong. <laughs> you were dead wrong. Landry's a really good player, but he has not been quite as productive as you think. Uh, he had four touchdowns last year, which tied his career low. He's had four three times, though. So I think this year, how about this? 104 catches, 1,100 yards. He also gets a full, a full season with Baker now. Whereas exactly. Before, full season with Baker. Full season with Chubb as the primary back. Uh, we have defense. Defense. Special I love Duke teams. Johnson as well. Callaway is a real, He's going to be really good. And, oh, by the way, we haven't even – Njoku. Njoku's a yeah, beast. Njoku's going to be good. We have a, we have a really solid team. The, the game I'll be going to is September 16th. I'll probably check Can I out. come? 
Let's probably check out opening night. It's a it's a me and wifey event, but in the event that we can't just get two tickets and we get a suite, you're invited. No, no, I, I don't I don't interfere with those. No, no, no. I'm, I only have two tickets right now, but if I get a suite, you can come. Okay. But you get what I'm saying? Like, what if I'm, I get I'm a going suite? to be in the uh I'm going to be out there. Oh, you want to be <laughs> So you'd rather be with the If it's raining, then I'm going to have a suite, but if it's not, I'm going to be out there with the <laughs> You know what I'm saying? You feel me? I do. I do. Um feel like Tim Duncan. No, 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 no. Don't you oh, dare man. dismiss the Hall of Famer who is now the head, the head, head coach. coach. Is he the head coach of the Spurs? <laughs> well, Pop basically said that Tim allowed him to coach him for 19 years, and now it's only right that right. he coaches now. Yeah, I was to be honest, I was actually surprised, and I'll tell you why. I didn't think that. I've, I've always felt like Tim Duncan was the kind of guy who, once he was done playing, he would want to be separate from basketball right. and be able to just enjoy himself. Being an assistant coach is it's work is a tremendous amount of work because of well, not only film study and but just travel. So I was actually surprised to see this, but you weren't. No, I wasn't surprised to see this at all. Honestly, now thinking back on how long ago he retired how quickly he was in the practice facility on some of the videos I've seen of him shooting free throws with his practice jersey on, posting up, you know, showing the younger fellas how to go to work in the post, working with L- uh, L.A. Uh, once he came to San Antonio. I think those things were signs that he had his fun, he was kickboxing, he was traveling, he's probably spending time with his family, and he got bored 24 hours in a day, having that many years of being able to do whatever you want, it probably took a toll on him and had him ready to, all right, I got my relaxation in, I have my fun in, let me get back to what I truly love, and that's being around the game. Do you think Tim Duncan is, an, is a head coach? I mean, I was, I, how about this? Do you think Tim Duncan's a head coach within the next five years? NBA head coach. If he wants to be, I think it's Assuming a real... he wants to be, yeah. If he wanted to be, I think it's a realistic goal. I'm not sure... Um, what his goals are, I'm not sure how he feels about leaving San Antonio. There's a lot of things that go into making those decisions. And I think based on what he wants to accomplish, it'll be easy for him to jump back into the game because of his knowledge, his passion, his career, and the amount of respect he has for, for everyone around the game. CJ, you're an excellent multitasker. I see you scrolling as you're talking, as you're listening, as you're reporting your your, your thoughts. It's, it's quite impressive. This is what you do as a, a kid who's – now a man who's been involved in this generation of Well, we're both millennials. Technology. You're younger, but we are both millennials. But, I mean, I took notes on my cell phone in school. Like, that's how right. much I use my cell phone. But we were talking about OBJ, and I wanted to segue back to this. The Untouchable Pro 3 OBJ Premiums are his new signature cleat, and it's oh. debuting for $200. Wow. And, boy, is this thing pretty. Go okay, I'm looking this up. The Odell shoe. So he... He's going all out with that. Wow. This thing is clean. That is beautiful. That is really beautiful. I would rock that. 200 buckaroos yeah. is aggressive. He also has an Air Max shoe, right? That's $200. That's not a cleat. It's not a cleat. And they sold it. They debuted it in Europe somewhere. Yeah, very interesting colors. Super, super duper interesting colors. And I think that... You know, there's two things I need to shout out. I okay. got my kids' camp in Oregon okay. coming up, um, July 30 to August 2nd. Really looking forward to that. This is my going into my seventh year in the league. This is my sixth year doing the kids' camp in Oregon. Uh, it's going to be a great time. The kids always have a lot of fun, give away tickets, shoes. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's already sold out. But I uh, still want to talk about it because it makes me happy. 
And my kids camp in Canton, Ohio, this would be the second year of Eric and I doing the McCullum Brothers camp. Um, basically, we're really happy about it because we get to work with a lot of kids who, who grew up in neighborhoods like us, who come from places like us. And for them to be able to see us um, around, interact with them, hoop with them, give them lifelong lessons, um, it's it's really something special, especially since I used to go to Eric Snow's camp as a kid. Mm. And it makes me happy. It makes me very happy. And I'm going to start bringing some of my NBA friends. Okay, who do you got? Um, in years to come. Oh, not, not this year. Yeah. I would love to come. Yeah. Will, will there be a place for me? You're always welcome. Uh, but you're going to be gone. It's August 8th and 9th. Oh, I mean in the future, though. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah no I, I, I would be. Canton, Ohio. I mean, yeah. I could be an instructor. I could be a coach. Take you to I could be the guy that, you know, plays basketball with the kids and doesn't let them win if they need some of that. Yeah, depending on the age, because some of them kids are nice. Oh. Some of them are nice. What's like, that? What, is, what are the age groups you got? I mean, I, I, I usually do like 6 to 16, 6 to 15. Sometimes I tailor it down mm -hmm. or up. And the bigger kids that are really nice – um, if they're too good, we we turn them into counselors, counselors. and then we just work out with them. So like that's instead great. of them having to nice. you know go through the camp with the that's great kids, we're like yo yeah. just work out with us. That's great, and that kind of changes their perspective of everything. But with that being said, I think it's time to cue the wine music, please. And we have some special new announcements with our wine, don't we, CJ? We do have some special new announcements. Master list. There is a master list that will go up. Our Instagram pull up pop, but there's another word for it. Link. Well, there will be like a link in the bio type of situation. Oh, okay. Okay. Where you can click on it and see the master li list because we're so many episodes. We have a lot of wine. And now you add up both of our, our wine lists, you know, 68 episodes, and we probably over probably 60 wines. Wine on about 55. 55, I would 55 say. 55 to 60 wines. So that's like 120 wines, 110 wines. And we got all type of price points for you guys to really enjoy. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. So what do you what do you have? I you have a. I'm gonna give you guys a really expensive price point. <laughs> um, I'm sorry in advance for this. So this will be for the uh, the one percent of the one percent, but it is a solid bottle. And for those of you who like to splurge, you will enjoy it. This is a red wine from Pauillac, France. I probably said that wrong. I apologize in advance. It's the Chateau Pachon Baron. Mm -hmm. Baron. It's a 93 out of 100 from uh, Critics Reviews, and obviously it's among the top 1% of wines in the world. Bold, tannic, dry, and very acidic. How I like my, most of my wines with a little bit of acidity, which means it's going to make the mouth water. A bit of tobacco, cedar, oak, some berries in there, but more so an earthly drink and based on the breakdown it's 80% cab 20% merlot and the price point is a little od uh, depending on where oh, you yeah. get it from if you buy it in a restaurant or a store you're looking at upwards of 200 mm -hmm. just below 300 if you get it online you'll be able to find it for like that mid 130 to 155 range but i highly highly recommend it if you're trying to splurge or if you have that company card and you're looking to take some clients out that is the time to do it because it is everything I've imagined about wine and more. Wow. One of my favorites, and it is a solid, solid, solid Bordeaux. That sounds great. Um, well, since we're going into high-level stuff, I will stay on that list with my William Selm. Selm? Have you had this? William Selm. William Selm. I'll say Selm. Uh, it is... <laughs> you're looking at me like yeah, I'm look crazy. <laughs> Uh, it is excellent. It's also quite expensive. I'd say about 150 in a store. So we're on the same wavelength there. But it is a Pinot. It's, uh, I think it was a 2014 Russian River Valley. 
and the steak grown and bottled at the winery in Healdsburg, California, which is, I believe, right by Sonoma. So there's my high-level Pinot. I mean, honestly, as you said, we really have tried to keep it uh, reasonable with price points. I think we've done a good job of yeah. keeping it in that 20... 20 to 50. Yeah, 20 to 50 range. I would say is pretty reasonable. And then, if you like, I mean, there's a lot of Malbecs that I haven't even hit on, but you can get a great bottle of Malbec for 20, 25 bucks. So maybe that'll be our, our next week's uh, episode. But basically, today is a high-end, high-end winery situation and i'm glad we were able to accomplish that and i also want to shout out lindsey harden who was hired as an assistant coach for the kings former duke and WNBA star most recently worked for the sixers and player development happy to see that really looking forward to more women being involved in the in high positions in the nba world nfl is obviously on deck very much so very I think very it needs to be on deck very 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 much so do you have anything else you want to say to our listeners, Jordan? The only – no, I really – well, here's what I'll say. I think we need to put a bow on Odell. I, I do personally because I feel like I didn't explain it well enough to say, here's my here's my take on Odell. My official take is Odell Beckham, great player, certainly made some mistakes from a maturity standpoint with the Giants. This is the perfect example of a superstar player whose emotions run hot and cold, sure, but being affected by work environment, lack of communication, no transparency. And this is exactly why, this is how important it is for fans to understand why players, athletes, basketball, football, baseball, whatever you want to go, these, these are people, these are not robots. And Odell Beckham Jr., it seems like he's got everything figured out, right? He's just incredible talent. Uh, he's got incredible endorsements. He's got the cool hair, which he now has cut off. But he's just a cool guy, right? We, he's like a, a megastar, world, world, you know, global brand. And here we are. We see someone who has been affected by the most basic thing in human life, communication, relationships. And uh, I cannot stress enough how important that is. It doesn't just uh, – it doesn't only matter in regular life. It matters with professional athletes making millions of dollars. So there, yeah. there's my final take. I appreciate that final take, man. That you, you hit it right on the head. You hit it right on the head, man. I think people have to understand that there's a lot more that that goes into these sports than just getting a paycheck, and there's a lot of emotions um, that come with it. But with that being said, we appreciate all our listeners out there tuning in faithfully. Uh, please tweet at us, uh, potential guests. I talked to Trey Young this week. I talked to Jaron Jackson. Um, Mello, we're going to get a lot of these guys on the pod. Definitely NFL. As the NFL gets closer, we'll be getting players uh, on there as well. You can catch us on radio.com backslash pull up, Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your shows. And don't forget to pull up. Pull up.